This is The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. They're running a strange program, y'all. Now, here's Frank Morano. You know, I'm one of these guys that uh, I'm always my own toughest critic, right? And uh, I think Mark Levin once told me a piece of advice that uh, Rush Limbaugh once gave him, which is that your good shows are never as good as you think they are, and your bad shows are never as bad as you think they are. But after every show, I always think what could have been different, what I could have done differently, what could have been produced differently. I'm always kind of second-guessing the four hours that just preceded me. However, I will say... That the shows that we did following the Super Bowl, I thought were among the the most unique in all of radio. I don't think you could have turned to any radio station or on in any format, by the way, in the country and heard a show like the ones we did after the Super Bowl. And it was really a great compliment that I heard from a number of listeners that said they don't even care about football, but they were very interested in the shows that uh, that we did following the Super Bowl. And the Super Bowl is one of those things. Things where it's supposed to be fun. It's a fun event where everybody puts aside things like partisan bickering and we sit and watch a football game and the music surrounding the football game and the ads in the football game. And a lot of people did watch. This was the most watched television event in American history. More people watched this. This is not hyperbole, not an exaggeration. More people watched this than watched the moon landing. The moon landing. Well, A lot of the fun and frivolity of the Super Bowl was short-lived because at the victory parade in Kansas City, there was a shooting. And we're just now getting some of the details about who's responsible and why this occurred. A guy that has been following the story from the beginning, and he's the first person that brought it to our attention, is veteran broadcast journalist uh, Dominic Carter. Dominic, initially uh, when we heard news of this shooting, you were speculating that it might have been gang-related. Uh, what do we know about what, who was responsible and why at this point? Well, when I said gang-related, I meant possibly a gang or a personal dispute among parties. And sure enough, that's what it turned out to be. It was not terrorism-related, according to authorities. So we have a 23-year-old by the name of Lindell Mays, who's been charged with second-degree murder, along with Dominic Miller, 18 years old. Now, think about that. Mm. 23 and 18. They happen to be African-American. And the thing that has me enraged, Frank, is what this 23-year-old said. He's apparently, based on authorities, the one that opened fire uh, first. Now, apparently, Mr. Lindell Mays told the police, you know, I, I was just being stupid. It, that, I was just being stupid. That's why I pulled out a gun. And that's why all of this opened fire. And that's why a mother that was beloved in the community is dead. And a radio Children, person, by the way. Right, I know right? I know. we're not supposed to get more upset when people of our profession are murdered as opposed to anybody else. But there is something uh, that makes it a little bit more real to me. 
And uh, he confirms that Mr. Mays, that he drew his gun first and says he started shooting all because they said, I'm going to get you. And to him, that meant I'm going to kill you. So all of this street lingo or whatever term you want to use, street terms, and there's just no need for this. And then if that's not insulting enough, the mother nominate her for mother mr may's mother nominate her for mother of the year she starts a gofundme page for this clown and uh it raised a hundred dollars and then they shut it down yeah i'd love to know who gave the hundred dollars i don't mean to laugh do we know at this point because i know um missouri doesn't necessarily have the strictest gun laws do we know whether the guns that uh, that these young men were carrying were legal guns or illegal guns because when the, we were speculating about this, people were calling in. People were offering different solutions. I'd say five of the six top solutions were uh, crack down on people who commit a crime with an illegal gun and, you know, essentially lock them up, you know, mandatory minimum of however many years. Authorities are still investigating, so mm-hmm. everything is preliminary. But we, society-wise, we've got to find a way to deal with this issue, to be blunt, of black men committing crimes— especially uh, gun crimes. Crime is done by every community, but it seems like, and I, I believe uh, 51% of murders, I believe, I'm looking for the exact figure now, but 51% of murders are committed, I believe, by black males. And we've got to find a way. No one, no one, no one is allowed. Um, and, and at the same time, 51% of all murder victims are black, Right. So, in your view, is this a cultural thing? Is it a socioeconomic thing? Is it a byproduct of some of the other issues that you've covered regarding black fatherlessness? Or is it a combination of those things, or is it something else entirely? Black fa- fathers not being in the household, uh, communities where things that are bad are seen as good. And so, mm-hmm. so in other words, uh, if you're a stick-up kid robbing people, in certain elements of the community, please, if you're going to quote me, get the quote right. In certain elements of the community, that's considered a good thing. You go off to college, you're considered a nerd. We've got, and I'm serious when I say no, no, this, I understand. And and we've got to we've got to change this. And part of this is the rap culture. I'm not blaming rap on all of this, but but how delusional is the mother? To think that your son, your son just lit up the Super Bowl parade, all of these kids shot, and you're so out of your mind, you think somebody's going to give your son a dime. I, I mean, I am amazed that uh, she thought that this would be a worthy use of her time. And I, I just wonder, and again, you know, good parents can have children that do bad things. So I don't know what degree of parenting uh, this woman did, but I, I wonder how active she was in her son's life uh, that he was at a parade uh, carrying a weapon and prepared to mix it up with anybody. And I wonder if her time might have been better spent being a little bit more involved. Clearly, it's a money grab. I mean, to be to be real, ma'am, uh, you, you don't have any medical bills for your son. Uh, your son's medical bills will be paid by the state for the next 40 years. Right, so right, right. so you, you don't have any medical bills. You know, based on what you just said, right, um, fatherlessness and the other factors, the coolness factor of uh, getting involved in illicit activities and that being perceived in certain elements of the black community as, as, as cool, 
How did you manage to not follow that example? You grew up in a neighborhood where I'm sure a lot of these things applied. You didn't have a father. Yes. And you still managed to uh, go out and get a master's degree and put together a, a really incredible career as a broadcast journalist. What clicked in your head, and how do you get that clicking in the minds of a lot of other young black men so that they don't engage in this kind of behavior? It's funny, Frank, and I'm so glad you asked that question so i didn't have a black male role model and i would ask my aunt my aunt inez how come i didn't have one how come my mother wasn't around my mother suffered from severe Mm -hmm. mental illness and she would say oh boy go sit down i'm your mother and your father and i believed her Mm -hmm. I, i believed her and since i was a little boy i mean since i was a little boy i was told you're gonna grow up you're gonna stay in school and you're going to college I was told this consistently my entire life, but it was also reinforced. Here's the key part. My aunt, who was a social worker for the city of New York, she would get off from work and actually show up to the open school nights. And I can't tell you what she would say sometimes when I had misbehaved (laughs) in school. And she would, here's the clean version. She would say, boy, I just met with your teachers. When I get home, I'm going to whip your, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, she would call me and tell oh, no, me that. I, I, you know? I believe it. I and believe so, it. And so it was my grandmother and my aunt, and and they. I was showered with love, and and I was I was taught that anything's. I was told, as many black males are, that you're going to have to work twice as hard. I was told that. Um, you and have so to you work, did. And so you have to work twice as hard your entire life, and and when you put together the fact that I've had bumps in the roads where things could have gone left. Um, but I, I was lucky and it was a solid foundation. And then I've, I've also had some white males that became father figures for me that stepped in, uh, my coach, Bill football coach, a New York city police officer, my uncle Lowe, uh, who lives in uh, Seattle, Washington, a white man interracial marriage. When I moved out to the state of Washington, he was the first one that he literally taught me. No man had ever taught me this. He taught me, he says, boy, no, 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 no. Well, he didn't call me boy, but he said, around here, we earn our keep. And I was like, what? I got to get up on Saturday mornings and help you paint? Oh my God. Oh, I want to go back to New York. But guess what? I can paint any room with the best of them. And he taught me work ethic. That's outstanding. By the way, if people are curious about Dominic's upbringing, if this is the first time you're hearing about this and you're interested in it, you should check out his book, uh, No Mama's Boy. Uh, you can get it at Dominic-Carter.com. That's well, Dominic- actually, Dominic. Dominic Carter Online.com. Oh, I, I, I changed the site. Right. So it sounds like some sort of scam <laughs> going on. Uh, judge it for yourself. Dominic Carter Online.com. Um, but uh, it's probably some sort of money laundering operation, but it's a hey, great book nonetheless. Hey, I, I know you're going to move on with your show, and, and I'm going to head on home. But what's going on with Nikki Haley? You had mentioned something to me well, about so affairs. Apparently, uh, and I'm going to get into this in just a minute, but um, apparently, the person, uh, someone that claims to have had an adulterous affair with her is uh, signed an affidavit to that effect that they did uh, something in 2008. I'm going to get into this in just a little bit, but before I, I let you go, got to ask, and if you want to comment on what we're talking about, you're welcome to, 800-848-9222. Travis Kelsey, who obviously everybody knows, half the world knows him as uh, Taylor Swift's boyfriend, <laughs> uh, the other half of the world knows him as a great football player that screamed at Andy Reid, he's in a bit of hot water because there were photographs of him showing him continuing to party in the wake of the shooting 
at the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl parade. He was spotted outside a restaurant and bar where he was meeting other members of the team. And this was hours after at least 22 people were injured and one was killed. A lot of people were had a mixed reaction to this. What's your view? Do you think this is a big deal that he was partying after the Super Bowl parade shooting? Uh, I don't think it's a big deal, but I do think it was inappropriate for him to be caught on camera. Now, listen, everybody has a cell phone these days, so no matter where you go. But I haven't seen photos of other members of the Chiefs. Now, he was he was photographed taking a, uh, a picture with a police officer. It, it, it's tough. It's tough, Frank, when you consider the, how, how much pain Kansas City is in still. Mm-hmm. Over, over what happened. I mean, the criticism is a bit unfair, but but in some respects, it is founded. Okay, so I mean, what when you say it's unfair, it's unfair because you know everybody should have a private life and be able to go out and you know have a beer or two after they won the Super Bowl, or it's unfair that you know someone gets this amount of scrutiny about everything they're doing, or or both. everything he does now uh, is public record, and I mean everything. So it wasn't wise to jump up in his coach's face and oh, yell yeah. well, and, 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 yell and scream. And that audio is going to get out eventually. You know, yeah. they're saying that it won't. But I, I just, I just think that, it, uh, like, like Patrick Mahomes, I don't think Patrick Mahomes would have been caught in a photograph uh, after this happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he went, I think, to the hospital and visited some of these people that were shot. Dominic, thank you. Thank you. 800-848-9222. If you want to comment on either of those uh, things, the situation involving one of the shooters of this uh, Kansas City Super Bowl parade and the mom starting a GoFundMe for her son, where she she expected this money to go is beyond me. And, you know, this is the thing with GoFundMe, and uh, we've covered this time and again with uh, all sorts of... Of different people, it seems like everybody thinks that as long as their incident, whatever that incident is, gets attention, then that's their ticket to GoFundMe riches. And I think we've got to get out to some extent, or maybe we don't. Maybe this is just the world we're living in in the 21st century that if you're if you create enough of a buzz, you can engage in this sort of digital. Uh, I don't want to call it panhandling, but this digital solicitation of money, even as in the case of this woman and her son, I don't believe they deserve it. And I'm glad they they shut it down. 800-848-9222 or the issue of Travis Kelsey partying after the shooting. I get what Dominic's saying. I, uh, I, would, cut, I would cut him a little bit of slack. Right. I mean, I don't know that I'd be much uh, in the mood to go partying after you learn that somebody has uh, has been killed and there's been all sorts of people injured. But should you really allow terrorists? And look, if you're shooting innocent people at a parade, you're a terrorist. I don't care if you're pledging allegiance to Al Qaeda or you're you're shooting innocent people because you have a beef over uh, over someone's girlfriend or something or whatever the basis of their dispute was. Should you allow criminals to alter your way of life? I don't know. I don't know. I'm curious uh, as to your view. 800-848-9222. Steve is on Staten Island. What do you think, Steve? Yeah, Frank, uh, it's great to hear you guys together. Dominic, I I, I wish uh, there's three three things I want to say to you quickly, Frank. I I wish I I call Dominic. I tell him he he should be a pharmacist. He should hand out medication after people that call him. But anyway, uh, and I wish I lived next door to him. But to get get to your point with guns, 
somebody's got to pull that trigger. Let's not make excuses for these young thugs, gangbangers. They need to be put in prison. They need to change the law. Well, I mean, they are going to be put in prison. I I think they're going to be in prison for decades. They should be put in prison for for decades. Yeah, I think they will. I think they will. That's that's what's happening here. We're we're allowing juveniles not... If you look at the crime, you look at the crime stats, I guarantee you 67% of the crime right now in the last year and a half is being committed by juveniles because they think that nothing's going to happen to them and that system is treating them like little kids. If you pull a trigger at 16 years old, if you ask me, you belong in prison for the rest of your damn life. And getting back to Kelsey and all that nonsense, that that, that singer, who I, I don't follow none of them, but uh, it, 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 why, why even pay attention to these people? These people mean nothing to us in America. They're millionaires. Well, look, I mean, you, people They're pay. Idiots, well, you right, that's me. your opinion, Steve. But I mean, people pay attention because uh, they need an escape from the constant drumbeat of negativity. And for a lot of people, football is an escape. For a lot of other people, music is an escape. For a lot of uh, other people, movies might be an escape. For some people, for me, radio, a good entertaining radio program, is is an escape. Right. So I, I think. I think it's a little silly to say, why do we take the most popular entertainers in the world and pay attention to them? Well, we pay attention to them because we pay attention to them. You know, I mean, that's what the way it is. 800-848-9222. Zach uh, calling from KMOX in Missouri. Hello, Zach. Hey, what's going on? You tell me, Zach. Man, all I got to say is this. I'm glad you guys are taking it down. That that should not be funded whatsoever. Fucking, excuse my language, but yeah, take it down. I'm all for it. Shots to that. Thank you so much. Yeah, well, that should be funded. Zach, to be clear, I, I didn't have anything to do with the decision to take it down. I I'm not involved with the uh, with the GoFundMe operation at all. If I were, I, I think uh, there would be a lot of changes at what GoFundMe allows on that site and what they uh, and what they don't allow on that site. Eight hundred eight four eight ninety two twenty two. Samantha is in Harlem. Hi, Samantha. Hi, Mr. Morano. Hi. Hi, it's such a pleasure to speak with you. Likewise, thank you. Yeah, um, I, I want to say something. Um, it's really difficult, the whole idea of race and crime, because we have to look at the initial crimes. And the first initial crime was these people were brought from another place to be um, unpaid workers. And there's a legacy of harm and disrespect. And it was no family structure during slavery. So to say that black men and black families are horrible, they were ruined. Black women were raped, black men were raped, and um, families were destroyed. Men were made to breed with their own mothers. That's where the term mother came from. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, so it's just like, fix, fix the structure that was destroyed, through slavery, for commerce, and then see the results. 
Black men are what America made of them. Samantha, so, let, let me ask you two things. Uh, first of all, obviously, I don't think there's anything worse than than slavery, right? I mean, it's you know an indefensible uh, institution everywhere that it existed, including on this continent. Two things. One, clearly some people that have been descendants of slaves have been able to avoid falling down a wayward path where they end up taking a weapon and shooting innocent people at a parade. And, and well, let, I'll make that my first point. How do you then, knowing that some people are able to avoid becoming these sort yeah. of, you know, criminals, how do you make sure more young men of all stripes, but especially young black men, do that? How do you make sure more of them don't become... I, I, can, I, have, I have the answer. Tell me. Um, God, <laughs> being told what happened to this community, because this is happening to other communities as well. So it's just like, well, when you bring up group of people and they have no roots, literally have no name. All my siblings, we all graduated from college. My father went to Columbia in the 50s. He was a black man from New Orleans. And my mom, they met together at Louisiana State University. And we all had college degrees. None of us are criminals and none of us have done bad things, but we have the repercussions of slavery. Because my name, my, my name is not an African name. You know what I'm saying? I, I totally understand that, Samantha. And can I just say, let me finish. Uh, it's hard for black males to live in a construct that was never built. So, um, I'm sorry, I'm saying, I'm, I'm, I'm saying, you, you don't want, it was illegal for black men to read. It no, would be I, I, I understand that, Samantha. Right, but... That was okay, just, just a, before before you put down people you want to call men where were they allowed to be men? Well, right, but that was in the eighteen fifties, right? So, uh, my, yeah, my that, it, and that was my next it, question, Samantha. And, and Samantha, come on, I, Samantha, I didn't, I didn't interrupt you. Let me just uh, make my. Let me ask you this question, and you yeah. can respond as however you want. Um, how yeah. long can can we use slavery as as a as an excuse for certain well, deleterious we, behaviors? It has to be, it has to be, black men need to be taught the truth to understand where they came from, to understand their feelings. So as long as it takes for you to put it in a book, what happened during slavery? But so do you feel? Do you feel the education is inadequate? Is that what's lacking? Well, you have to put back the things you took. You you can't steal and say, "Oh, act like it didn't. It wasn't stolen." So, right. give us back what you took, and then you can start questioning us about what we do and how we feel. Fair enough, Samantha. Thank you. Uh, you know, I think that attitude, honestly, and I know Samantha comes from a very good place with it. I think it's very damaging, honestly, because I think people may hear that and they'll view that as an excuse 
to not hold themselves to a higher standard and maybe as an excuse to engage in sort of antisocial behavior, whether it involves guns or uh, doing illegal things or taking drugs, and you then turn to, oh, what chance did I have? I was damned from before I was born because I never had an identity. I never had a real last name because I was brought here uh, as the, well, my ancestors were brought here as slaves. And I really don't, it doesn't fly with me, honestly. And I'm sorry to sound insensitive. Maybe it does. But I think in the 21st century, I don't think you can use as an excuse what your family went through in the 1850s. In fact, I don't think you can use it as an excuse what your family went through in the 1950s. There's a lot of people who have come from very difficult upbringings and have made themselves incredible successes, whatever success means to you, whether it's money, whether it's uh, being a well-balanced person, whether it's having a job that you enjoy, whether it's being able to raise a family that you uh, that you take pride in, whatever success means to you, there's been a lot of people that have been able to overcome adversity in all sorts of forms, abuse, um, poverty, you name it. So I, I think to say that because your ancestors back in the 1850s didn't get that opportunity. I don't, I, it sounds to me like an excuse, honestly. I'll, I'll be very candid. I appreciate the call, though, and the dialogue. 800-848-9222. Nikki Haley may have cheated on her husband. Do you care? I'll give you my answer. 800-848-9222. Straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. Other side of midnight with Frank Morano. One, two, three. Good luck. Good luck. Good luck. Good luck. I was feeling so After the hour, this is the other side of midnight. I'm Frank Morano. I, um, I, if you've listened to me talk about her at all, I, I think you know that I'm not crazy about Nikki Haley. Not as a person. I, I don't have any opinion of her as a person. She seems like a re- relatively nice person, a uh, fun person to have dinner with or to meet at a cocktail party. Nice enough person. Um, seems like a pretty devoted mother and, you know, seems like a, a, you know, a smart enough person, right? I detest her politics. I was very disappointed in President Trump when he made her ambassador to the U.N. because her views on foreign policy, I think, are exactly where we need to get away from. I also, and look, I, I don't begrudge anyone making money, But the fact that she used her position as an ambassador to the U.N. to then land all these high-profile gigs 
consulting and being on the board of military defense contractors and giving speeches to these same groups, and then, as soon as she tries to jump back into the government, adopts policy positions, well, they were always her policy positions, in fairness, has policy positions that are identical to the interests of the people that are paying her bills. To me, this is a textbook example of what's wrong with politics. To me, this is the swamp, right? So I would never vote for Nikki Haley for anything in a thousand years. Never, never. That being said, there has been this story brewing. Uh, Candace Owens has brought it up. Donald Trump has brought it up. Um, A lot of other people have written me about it regarding an affair that she supposedly had before she was governor back in 2008, an affair that she had, I think a one-time thing, with a married South Carolina lobbyist before she became governor. Now that lobbyist has um, issued an affidavit, an affidavit, describing an incident in 2008 where they had drinks together And they slept together. Uh, One-time thing, apparently. And he said he was motivated to do this because her statements were not true and he wanted to correct the record, this person. Let me say, and and look, this has been my position since I was old enough to understand what this stuff was, right? Since going back to Gary Hart. I don't think it's anyone's business other than Nikki Haley, her husband, this lobbyist, and his wife, who Nikki Haley is sleeping with. The fact that I wouldn't vote for Nikki Haley has nothing to do with the fact that she might have lied to the public about never cheating on her husband, which is what she said. She said she would uh, never cheat, you know, she has never cheated and been 100% faithful to her husband. What do you expect her to say? When that comes up, do you expect her to say, well, yeah, actually, back in 2008, after uh, I had one too many, I went to bed with a guy that uh, I never saw again. I mean, it's a ridiculous thing. Every politician would say that. Donald Trump's sex life is of no concern to to me. Nikki Haley's sex life is of no concern to me. Dean Phillips' sex life is of no concern to me. Uh, Jill Stein's sex life, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., it makes no difference to me at all. Uh, As long as we're all talking about consenting adults, which in this Haley case, first of all, I have no idea if what this guy was saying is true. He could have been he could be just making this up, hoping this endears him to uh, some of Nikki Haley's political adversaries or making it up for any number of reasons. I don't know. People make up things all the time so far. Other than his affidavit, he hasn't produced any evidence. But I think this is ridiculous. This is why people don't want to run for office. People are afraid to run for office, good people, qualified people, smart people, people that should be wanting to go into government. They're afraid to run for office because they say, oh, well, no, every aspect of my life is going to be put under a microscope. Uh, Heaven forbid I had a beer when I was 19 and didn't wait until I was 21. People are never going to forgive me. Well, uh, this feeds into that impression. You know, unfortunately, a lot of people have had issues with infidelity. And the fact that anybody would take one incident, one alleged incident, by the way, from 2008 and use it to help determine 
who you're going to vote for in 2024, it's absurd. And honestly, I would say this if we were talking about Donald Trump. In fact, I did say this when we were talking about Donald Trump, when people were raising issues about uh, some of the women that he slept with when he was married. I would say this if we were talking about Bill Clinton or Barack Obama or John Edwards. Now, if you're doing something illegal to hide an affair, like, um, you know, uh, paying someone off with a fund that you shouldn't be or something abusive or something that's uh, somehow inappropriate. That's different. That's different. But if we're talking about a one time thing where a politician was on the road, has a few too many drinks and is at a hotel with somebody that she's getting along with and they end up, um, you know, spending the night together, which, again, I want to be clear, we don't even know if that's true. Who cares? So I find it really distasteful that anybody would be making an issue of this. And honestly, especially Donald Trump, given the well-documented incidents of infidelity that he's been a party to, for him to taunt Nikki Haley over this, I think is just, first of all, it's so foolish. And it, I think, invites scrutiny of his own marriages. Who needs it? So that's my view. I'm curious whether you agree with me or not. 800-848-9222. 800-848-9222. Do you care who Nikki Haley's sleeping with? Do you care if she was unfaithful to her husband? 800-848-9222. And by the way, I want to be very clear. I say this as someone that would never vote for Nikki Haley for anything. If she was running for, well, they don't elect dog catcher in my jurisdiction, but if she was running for community school board, I wouldn't vote for her for that. Well, okay. Actually, she does seem like a pretty engaged parent. Uh, I might vote for her for community school board. Nothing above community school board would I ever vote for. But I find this 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 level of destructiveness involving people's personal lives, I find it disgusting, honestly. So let me know what you think. 800-848-9222. What do you think, Tony? Look, what she does in her personal life is her business. I really don't care. Okay, no one's perfect. Okay, right. exactly. You know, so it doesn't concern me. It's between two consenting adults. If it happened, it happened. So be it. Yeah, I mean, the person who should really take issue with this, if it happened, would be her husband. Somebody just messaged me um, that the fact that Haley's husband, who's a grown man, not some enlisted schlub, chose to go abroad during the political season should be plenty of proof that she's an adulteress. Who cares, though? Let's say she is. What difference does it make? 800-848-9222. Vincent is in Brooklyn. What's on your mind, Vincent? I agree with you. I could care less about what people do or do not do in their bedroom. I mean, as far as Donald Trump uh, getting in Nikki Haley's grill and talking about infidelity, that's like, excuse the expression, that's like the pot calling the kettle black. I I could care less. Me too. I I care about, are you going to get the job done? I I could care if it was SpongeBob SquarePants running for, are you going to get the job done? What I wanted to say, I heard the, the tail end of Dominic's, uh, Dominic's show. They used to have programs in New York City for at-risk youth. When I went to high school over 60 years ago, they used to, every year for freshmen, juniors, sophomores, they'd have general assembly, and they'd have people who either 
went, went to the joint, came out and turned their life around, or people from the Fortune Society. You're going to say, what's the, do you know what the Fortune Society is? You probably do. Sure, I'm familiar with it, yeah. Uh, right, and they would come and tell the, tell the high school kids, hey, look, just because somebody dissed you and you can't control your filter, do you want to spend 20 years of your life in some uh, uh, 10 by 12 cell with a uh, John in the in the cell and be told what you're going to eat, when you're going to come out. Do you want to throw all that away? And New York City used to have a program where they take, let's say, kids who were getting in trouble on the wrong track. They'd actually take them up to the joint and say, is this where you want to wind up? Control yourself. Walk away. Now, that doesn't mean that if somebody comes up to you and starts punching you out in something that you're not going to defend yourself. Of course, right, you're going right. to try and defend it. yourself. But if somebody says, you know, it's the old, it's the old saw, uh, uh, Frank, sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never harm right. me. Vincent, thank you. I appreciate it. I want to get some other people in here. 800-848-9222. E. Frank, in Astoria, what did you most want to say? Yeah, I do. Uh, I mean, I am concerned of Nikki Haley's um, understanding of uh, fidelity, and I'll tell you why. You know, I have uh, beliefs. They're Catholic, but some of them are thwarted, a premarital understanding of what sex is and what it's not. And I think Nikki Haley, if you see her brother at 3 in the morning with a German Kaiser hat with stickers or whatever, you know, we understand that everyone has a different background and so on. But, you know, remember... You want, you're not going to agree with what Bill Clinton did with Monica Lewinsky. It's an old, old story that no one wants to remember or talk about. But you do want to know, why do, do you say you don't care what they, uh, what a politician does in the sack or what their sex life is? That's their problem with their spouse. But how about the children? Don't the, the, the adults answer to the children, and when they ask mommy and poppy, why, why are you doing that? Yeah, that's, that's a matter for their family to deal with internally. That's not a matter for the voters to consider. You might say that, but children are traumatized when they hear that their right. parents are not. So that makes somebody a bad parent, right? And then I'm not going to vote for them for father of the year or mother of the year. But it has no impact at all on whether they're uh, they're making the border more secure or what their positions are in the Middle East on, uh, <laughs> on all the conflicts going on there or where they are on taxes or the minimum wage or global warming. You know, human beings have human failings, right? So uh, I don't think we should eliminate for, from consideration someone who may have slept with someone that wasn't her husband almost two decades ago. To me, it's absurd. I, I can't even believe it's gotten this much attention. I thought this was very much a 1990s thing that we had gotten over. Clearly, we haven't. 800-848-9222. 800-848-9222. Let me say hello to Joe in Detroit. Hi, Joe. Yes, I want to know why Why is it when when y'all talking about black men, everything is so negative. And, and y'all don't understand what black folks been through in America. Well, first of all. America I, has never. Hold on. America has never been fair to black people. So what would you like to do about it, Joe? I mean, just just treat us 
the way y'all treat you Ukrainians coming that come <laughs> over here and give all the resources to them. Give black folks the resources that America gave white people when they came here. Everything like everything is against black people. Joe, I can't, been, I can't argue with that one. On, okay, well, Joe, you keep pausing and letting me think I can talk, and then I start talking and you say, hold on, my man. Go ahead, go ahead. America has not, hasn't did anything for black folks to, to have a leg up in America. Well, what about the... We haven't even been, hold on, we haven't even been free 60 years. So, uh, Joe, uh, first of all, you're not going to get an argument I'm from me. 60, that I'm 68 years old. We haven't even been free sixty years, Joe. Um, as and I was, if you call this freedom, we're we're a lost country. Joe, uh, first of all, thank you. Give our best to all our listeners at uh, WFDF. Uh, as I was trying to say, but uh, Joe kept asking me to hang on. I um, am not going to argue with you that all this money that we're sending to Ukraine would be better spent in the United States on all sorts of things that could be used for Americans. He gets no argument from me on that front. Two, I think, uh, you know, first of all, it was was Dominic that brought up the issue of race, and, you know, I followed up with asking the question. Three, I think it's uh, completely inaccurate where you say nothing has been done for black people. I I just don't think that that's accurate at all. I think a great deal has been done. I think you can look across the board in terms of of things like uh, affirmative action, in terms of voting rights, in terms of civil rights. I think there have been all sorts of things that have strived to bring uh, black people to the point where they have equality of opportunity towards everyone else. It's one of the reasons that... um, Two presidents ago, we had a half-black president. I mean, that would have been unthinkable in the 1940s. I think it goes to show how far the country has has come. So I, I think this this idea that we can keep blaming slavery for every social ill that's uh, bothering the black community, to me, it's... Um, it's absurd, honestly. I think it's it's the worst type of uh, excuse-making. 800-848-9222. Martin is on Staten Island. Hi, Martin. Hi. How are you? I'm so happy to hear your uh, show every night. Thank you. Um, I, wanted to, I wanted to comment about Nikki Haley. So I don't know if it's my business or not what she does, but I didn't like when she used um, a few days ago, she said, how dare does Donald Trump talk about my husband? And she used that card that he is in the army and blah, blah, blah. Um, if she's so concerned about her husband, then I think it does make a difference if she cheats on him or not. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't like that she said that either, but that's kind of par for the course when it comes to politics. I mean, uh, I, I don't think... Yeah, never... Go ahead. I, I understand. I, understand. I, I didn't like it either, but I think then... But if she does that, then it becomes a fair play. Why, why she wants though? to go why? that route. Why, why? why does it become fair play? Because she, because she's playing as if she is that beautiful, wonderful, devoted wife. And how dare do you speak against my husband that is giving himself away? Right, well, so, I, I, I don't see that so you should be so devoted to him. Let's say she did have an affair with this this guy back in two thousand eight. Let's say the, the, she and her husband dealt with it. Maybe they went to marriage counseling. I don't know what people do when they have affairs. They they got over this somehow and they, they've they been, you know, together in a, in a loving, fruitful marriage ever since then. 
does how does that take away anything from what Trump said mocking her husband and her reaction to it? I I just I guess I'm not getting why it makes it okay to then taunt her um, when she's married, even if she had some troubles in her marriage early on. Right. I actually, it uh, makes sense what you're saying. Martin, thank you for listening and thank you for calling. 800-848-9222. You know, I've only been married five years. I don't know of a marriage, and maybe I, I come from a skewed perspective, except for Willard Mitt Romney, who never had an argument with his wife, which I think says all you need to know about that guy. I don't know of a marriage that hasn't had a lot of difficulty. I mean, uh, so sometimes it takes the form of... Uh, of uh, infidelity. Sometimes it takes the form of differences over child rearing. Sometimes it takes the form of other things. So uh, just the idea that you would bring up what she was doing, uh, I think it's ridiculous. I think it's absurd for the media to cover this. And there was a time when the media didn't cover this. And maybe they went a little too far in hiding affairs for people like John F. Kennedy and others. But we're in a really sick place where everybody's private business, just because they're a public figure, becomes public business. I think it's bizarre, unhealthy, and it will only keep other people from running for office in the future instead of encouraging people that are qualified, interesting, smart, intelligent, and have had success in other fields from running. That's my view. 800-848-9222. Straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight. Side at Midnight with Frank Morano. In 1960, that this song, theme from a summer place, uh, hit number one in America for the first nine weeks in uh, 1960, knocking out Elvis Presley's Are You Lonesome Tonight from the top spot. So a lot of you may remember where you were when you first heard this song in 1960, and a lot of you may not. Whether you do or you don't, so be it. Hey. Uh, There was some very interesting news yesterday. President Biden came out with yet another plan to forgive student loan debt. And my wife still has student loans. And um, 
she said to me, I guess she got a news alert on her phone about it or something. And she said, you know, every time Biden comes out with one of these student loan forgiveness plans, I am, uh, you know, it sounds like I qualify, meaning she qualifies on paper. And then for some reason, there's some loophole that doesn't qualify me. So uh, apparently they've announced an additional $1.2 billion in student loan forgiveness. And uh, this is going to affect 153,000 people. And, and they're going to forgive about $1.2 billion in debt under this plan. And again, my wife technically qualifies, but she didn't get an email about it or anything, at least as of yesterday. So maybe she doesn't qualify. Under this plan, those who borrowed less than $12,000 can have their debt forgiven after 10 years of payments. And my wife fits that bill. And, you know, she she mentioned to me and she really enjoyed the interview that we did with uh, Dennis Collinge or Alan Collins, on this subject a couple of weeks ago because he pointed out maybe something that I hadn't realized. So many of the people that have student loan debt are people that have already paid back far more than they took out. She said, look, I took out an $11,000 loan and I have paid back over $18,000, right? So um, I think a lot of people are in this boat. So who knows? I'm hoping for her sake she gets this uh, student loan forgiveness because – you know, so much of both of us, so much of our salaries go to debt and servicing debt and paying down debt. Then another big chunk goes to child care. And then by the time you pay the mortgage and the electricity, then we have no more money left. So the education department, if you're wondering if you're affected by this, they're going to reach out directly to borrowers who are eligible for relief but are not currently enrolled in the SAVE plan, which is saving on a valuable education. So, obviously, this is one of those things where we can debate the merits of whether it's a good policy or a bad policy, but in the Murano household, we would be very, very happy if uh, we got a little bit of student debt relief. I'll continue with your calls in a moment. 800-848-9222. Until next hour, in the words of the great Bob Barker, help control the pet population, get your dog or cat spayed or neutered.